This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 50. You're really a lawyer making a case for it. So you need to quantify the things you're talking about. You can't just say, this is important. It's like, show me why it's important and how important it really is, right? This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I am Scott Caulfield. With me today... Chair of Kinesiology and Nutrition Sciences at UNLV, also past president of the NSCA Foundation, Dr. Brian Schilling. Glad to be here. At UNLV, I should say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are here in Vegas. And my co-host today from the Center of Sports Performance and, see if I can do it two times in a row, Biochemistry and Molecular Exercise Physiology Lab at Cal State Fullerton, well, Dr. You, Andy Galvin. You nailed that part, but you messed up the center. Ah, it's the Center for Sport Performance. Sport Performance. Lee Brown so used close. to get so mad. It's not sports performance. It's <laughs> sport sports. performance. <laughs> so close, man. I had it. Yeah, hopefully Doug uh, Larson, Mike Bledsoe aren't listening. I'm stealing <laughs> you away as a co-host. But, That's uh, all right. We're here out in Vegas at the UFC Performance Institute um, talking, you know, about combat sports and stuff like that. And you guys have had a little, you know, a lot of different experiences in that. But uh, why don't you guys first tell us a little bit about your roles in your current situation? So, Dr. Schilling, tell us a little bit about what you're doing at UNLV and Andy can too. Yeah, so I've been at UNLV now. This, I'm just starting my third academic year, and um, I came out here and uh, came into the role as chair. Um, so it's a it's a really exciting place to be right now. Um, obviously, one of the one of the first things I got to do when I got here is uh, is talk to um, Forrest and, uh, and James about the what they were where they were headed with this uh, with this institute here. So it's um it's fun to be here. It's it's a great place to be. So right now I'm a the head of the department that has uh, about 1,500 undergraduate students. I think we're up about 45 graduate students. Um, we had like nine degree programs when I got here. I think we're down to seven. We're trying to get rid of some redundant ones, but um, it's a booming area. Um, UNLV is growing. We're up over 30,000 students now. So it's kind of an exciting place to be. We are the most diverse campus in the nation of large universities, which is kind of fun. A lot of first-generation college students, which is really exciting, you know, really um, changing people's lives, we hope. And then obviously being in the, the, the health and fitness area, you're hopefully that these these people that we're generating as professionals are going out and going to change the world for the better, too. So, But it's great. You know, it's a nice having Andy just a few hours away here. Being in the, in the Southwest is fun for me. I was in Memphis for 16 years. I miss my Memphis people. Don't miss Memphis as a city that much. Um, but it's, it's great being out here, and it's great uh, with the, you know, the, the performance of the Knights last year, with the Raiders coming. Um, like I said, it's, just, it's, a, it's become a, like a kind of a, a destination, I guess, for perf- sports performance and strength and conditioning. I hope we can um, you know, keep going on that, and I'm just, just riding the coattails of the PI here, which is kind of fun. That's super cool. Yeah. UNLV was kind of dead uh, <laughs> for a long time in this area. I know that, I don't know if this is their exact language, but I'll put words in their mouth for them. <laughs> I mean, the, one of the reasons they brought you in was to, to really make this program work. And so you guys have PhD programs and master's programs. What are some of those programs? Yeah, so we have um, 
we have a, a bachelor's in kinesiology, and then we have an athletic training bachelor's degree. We also have a bachelor's in nutrition. That's an accredited program. Uh, we also have a minor, which doesn't really count in there. Uh, so those are our undergraduate programs. And then at the master's degree level, we had one in kinesiology and one in exercise physiology, which were actually redundant. Mm-hmm. So we, we're, we're not admitting new students into the exercise physiology one, but they can get the same thing in the kines degree. So it's just, it's, it's just different by name. Uh, but we also have a, a new uh, master's in nutrition as well. So um, that's kind of taken off now. Uh, the, the American Dietetic Association, or the, I'm sorry, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is going to a, a master's uh, degree in order to sit for the RD exam over the okay. next few years. So oh, okay. we're, we're already preparing for that. Um, and then at the, at the PhD level, we had a program that was in um, – uh, kinesiology, a PhD program. Then we had an interdisciplinary program. And for the same reasons of redundancy, we got rid of the kinesiology one and we're just doing the interdisciplinary ones so that we can make sure we keep our numbers up. So it, it's good. So you can get a PhD in interdiscipline? Interdisciplinary health sciences. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a, and like, that's it, a terrible PhD. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a, it's funny because we, we've talked about that a lot. Cause I look at my wall, my, my certificate says the doctor of philosophy. That's it. It doesn't yeah, say what it's in, really. So it is a doctorate. It's a doctorate in <laughs> philosophy, right? Wow. But um, yeah, so that's that's it's it's challenging to have that many things going on with the degree programs. But it's also really neat for the undergraduates to get exposed to the research that we're doing, you know, at, at those levels. Um, when I was an undergraduate, I went to a, a very small university that didn't have a master's degree program, but ironically enough, had some people that were doing some research. So I got exposed to that. Otherwise I might, you know, I might not have ever gotten into it. So I know your undergraduates benefit huge from your, you know, your huge master's program, right? So you've got a lot of things going on, a lot of chances for the undergraduates to get involved either as subjects or as participants. Yeah. I mean, you guys are also really fortunate out here because you have such a good relationship with the UFC with the Knights, with the Raiders coming. You're, you specifically in your program, but even like just you, Brian, you're, you got everybody, Circus Soleil, like all this stuff. So your kids, I mean, every time I come out here and I see a professional team, I'm like, well, there's Brian's intern. Right. Like yeah, the yeah. people that are in with all these teams are all your kids. So you're putting them places too, which is incredible. I can't even put, our kids in as many places as you're putting kids. Well, I'm glad you brought up Cirque because we, our relationship with Cirque has been really, really good. Um, they, you know, they're, they're a very unique model in how they do things because they have all these different sites and these different shows and the shows have different right. demands. International athletes, yeah. you want to talk about working with international yeah. athletes. I mean, some of their people are from the most remote places you can imagine. Right, right. Um, and obviously, you know, like I said, the UFC doesn't really need anything from us, but we're just happy that they're here. And I, you know, I consider these guys friends and, and good colleagues. We don't have as much of a relationship with the Knights. Um, you know, some of our students go, go out there sometimes, but you know, it's, you know, that, that, those sports are even more difficult even, mm-hmm. even than, than the other ones. So, um, it is, it's a, it's a pretty interesting place to be. Um, it's just, it's just fun to see how much it's changed over the last couple of years. Um, and it's just, it's just kind of fun to be be along for the ride. Yeah, it's cool. And I know you're well. One of the strength and conditioning coaches, Jason Cabo, a long time NSCA coach, and he's been there. Gosh, I think he's been there almost twenty years now. So it's he nice has, to yeah. see someone with that kind of you know tenure in a strength and conditioning coaching position. It's exciting. Absolutely, and uh, and the guys that are uh, in with football now are really good. We've got a great relationship with them. We share some. We don't share some space. We have some space that's adjacent to each other, so we 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 get to talk to them and interact with them quite a bit, which is nice. Uh, UNLV football is getting a brand new uh, facility right now. They're in the process of building it. So I don't know. If, I don't think it'll be done for next fall. But when they do that, that's really going to expand their capabilities. Um, 
uh, you know, Manny who's the who's the head strength coach for football. He's got you know he's got NFL experience, so he's nice. got really some good experience that he brings to it. Uh, so I think this new facility is going to put us over the top. The fact that they'll be playing in the Raiders Stadium should really help with recruiting. And so I think there's there's a bright future ahead there. Yeah. And how many students do you guys have in your exercise science kinesiology programs, like total students? Yeah, total students were up over 1,500. As a matter of fact, I just wow. did the math because I had to uh, I had to figure out, uh, you know, our, basically our, our accomplishments for last year. And we generated 25,000 credit hours last wow. year. Okay. And we do that with about... Um, uh, as somewhere between 20 and 22 full-time faculty, depending on who's coming and going. And then we have, uh, we have some part-time instructors and obviously our graduate assistants help with that too. Um, but actually we just recently, we just took over the anatomy and physiology for the entire, uh, UNLV. So okay. instead of that being offered out of biology, it's going to be offered out of our department. So awesome. those credit hours are going to go up a lot. Cause I think that's probably cool. about 4,000 credit hours a semester. Jeez. Wow. Wow. And I kind of forgot this or just remembered it, but you guys, cross paths in your graduate degree program? Uh, well, Is that where, or was it no, before that? Uh, no, I wouldn't say cross paths. I would say <laughs> I followed Brian. <laughs> so he was my thesis mentor. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe one of you guys talk about that. Cause I think that, that, that leads us into a lot of the other NSCA stuff that I'd love to hear about too. Uh, you guys. Well, actually before I get that, um, it's sort of funny that you mentioned that about your PhD saying PhD because you had quite a unique PhD yeah, yeah. as it was. So at the time, Memphis didn't have a PhD program at a master's program. And uh, Brian got his PhD in Memphis under Andy Fry, yeah. but he had to do his PhD in biology, right? So he's a PhD student in biology, okay. but working with Andy Fry and then got hired there as a faculty as soon as you graduated as a biomechanist. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like yeah, right? the default biomechanist. Yeah, because okay. I was willing to teach it. That was kind yeah. of yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, something there. But um, no, anyways, I got I got to Memphis. Uh, I remember actually. There's a longer version of this story, but I'll give you the very short one. Is uh, as an undergrad, I wasn't exposed to research or anything right. like that either. And so I had a friend basically say, "You got to go to the NSCA National Conference." It was here in Vegas, so I drove with my buddy Doug overnight from Portland down here. I didn't know anybody, didn't know anything, was walking around. And I walked by one of the poster sessions and I saw Andy Fry, who just won you know, a Lifetime Achievement Award this year, yeah. standing by a poster and he's doing biopsies and squatting with chains and stuff. And I was like, you can do research on this? Because <laughs> all the only research I had saw was like epidemiology yeah, and health right. science and I was just not interested in that. And Doug and I stood there and asked him questions for hours and hours and he told me about the program. I saw Brian's stuff and I'm like, this is where I want to be. This guy's weightlifting, like he's competing in weightlifting yeah, yeah. and he's doing research. And so I was like, what do I do? got to do to get out there? So I went out there and was fortunate to study under Brian and, and Andy and uh, then went on to get my PhD because I was like, this is the type of stuff I want to do. And, and I've just been following Brian around <laughs> since then. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I think from talking to you guys too, it's, it's a similar theme that like, it was my experience too when I came to the these NSCA conferences like people were very open and welcoming to like the new guys you know the new people like and to to help you with like career advice like you know you know I remember one of the first people I met uh was actually Doug Lentz um and Mike Barnes who was education director at the time yeah. and and you know and they remembered me the second event that I went to and they said mm. oh you need you need to come do this with us later that we're doing and invited me along and that was you know that's kind of been my entire experience in the NCA was it was always like people like Lee Brown telling me you know no you, you should do this and 
and come visit us and do this. And it was like, oh, wow. Like, because I didn't know anything that was going on. I mean, so. that when I said, when I talked to Andy Fry that time, I legitimately, an hour, easy. I just sat there asking him. And I'm sure those questions were so stupid because yeah. I, I had no context. I didn't know what a PhD was. Yeah. Like, I knew that was, like, important, but I had no, I didn't really know the difference between a master's and a PhD. I mean, I was that green. Yeah. I had no idea. I was just probably asking him all kinds of training questions. and. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know. So, uh, but he was so nice. He, and I just remember thinking like, this guy's so nice. And I met Avery Fagenbaum and yeah. was like, whoa, this guy's yeah. a character. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like all the old, yeah. you know, the, and Mike Stone, all this. Um, yeah. But yeah, everybody was super nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you guys have been on committees. You've been president of committees. Maybe talk about, you know, Brian, how the, I guess, talk, tell us about, you know, your involvement in the SCA, but tell us about the foundation too, because I don't know how many people listening, you know, I talk to people all the time that are somewhat aware of grants and scholarships and I'll tell them, you know, about like the assistantship that we've talked about. Right. They're like, I've never even heard of that. Like, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, um, so I'll go back. I've been, I've been involved. I think I've been certified for, I don't know, 22 years, something like that. I think probably late nineties I was certified. So I, I think the first conference I went to was probably 99 and I just you know showed up. It was, um, it was really neat though. Like you said, the, the people that you meet, even those first couple conferences, I met Mark Stevenson is one of my, yeah. the first guys yeah. I met and we're still friends to this day. And yeah. he's actually, ironically enough, coaches one of the guys I go to church with, with the Lions oh, right wow. now. So that's kind of fun. So, <laughs> wow. but uh, yeah, I mean, those people, you, you, it's a great organization to build relationships because people are approachable, um, and they, they love what they do. Right. So they're willing to talk about it. Um, and the, over the years I got involved and, and they were really good about letting students get involved yeah. early on, right. And getting exposure and just kind of find out what, you know, what goes on behind the curtain in the land right. of Oz, you know? So, um, and that's been great. So over the years, um, you know, the foundation's been around for a lot longer than I've been on it. And, uh, I think Larry Wise was one of the original people on the foundation is Joe Weir and Lee Brown and those guys really set it up great for us. So now you know, the foundation itself has over $5 million in assets. Um, we hired our first full-time staff member a little over a year ago now, and so she's been fantastic about um, uh, allowing us to just kind of expand our impact and, and making a difference for our members. So the foundation itself, our mission is to support the mission of the NSCA through supporting our members. So we support the NSCA members through, like you said, the scholarships, uh, research grants. Uh, we have the assistantships program now. We also have um, some of these equipment grants that have come through Alico. And I think that um, we're kind of at that tipping point where more and more um, people are going to get involved in the philanthropic side, which should again, uh, again, allow us to hopefully impact our membership. So um, we're, um, always revising our grant procedures um, and, and trying to make sure that we're doing, you know, what the industry standard is, making sure we're doing best practices and research so that we can be above, above reproach on that. Um, but we, uh, the, the scholarships are also huge. So we've, uh, one of the things that we did is move the scholarship deadline to the fall so that everything wasn't going on in spring, which was the abstract deadlines and everything like that. So hopefully that will, um, it kind of sets the scholarships apart a little bit and lets people hopefully know about them and so that we get more and more applicants. You know, we give um, we give away a ton of scholarships. There's scholarships for, um, uh, uh, I think it's minorities, and I think women might be a separate category. Yep. So there's Those categorical. Yep. Um, and we've got, and that, that's one of the areas, and you find this on the, on the academic side too, is that 
that's where people like to give money. They really like to give money for scholarships because they know yeah. it's going to impact right away, yeah. right? So uh, it's a, it's really fun to be able to you know help people you know maybe get a few extra bucks that would help them get certified yeah. or help them you know maybe maybe it's just like you said making a trip to a conference where they meet somebody that yeah. becomes a lifelong friend, lifelong mentor, stuff like that. That stuff can be huge because it's easy to be nameless and faceless in this industry, right? Sure. So getting out there and, and, and meeting people is pretty cool. Right. Absolutely. Uh, two things. One, they can find all that information just if they Google NSA Foundation. Yeah, so the found okay. the, the website's just been launched here recently and the, the foundation webpage is up there. All the information is, is set. Um, we are in the middle of the um the scholarship cycle right now. So is there still time to apply right now? And then the grant scholarship, the grants deadline will be um, in the spring. Yeah. So there's things for, if you're a, a, a member or a student, there's things, if you're a faculty, a young faculty, there are things for um, like the equipment grant at, Correct me if I'm wrong here, but it, this is for like even high school coaches. At yeah, I think the fir the first round was definitely directed towards uh, uh, places with lack of resources, mostly towards the high school. So you know, and you know. so if you need 500 bucks to buy barbells or something, you can apply to this. Yeah, Alika was giving away a, a really a lot of really neat equipment to help people set up a weight room. And you guys, you know, we I think if you've been in this industry long enough, you know, you can impact those younger kids. Man, you can for make sure. it. It's, it's career yeah. changing for them to have exposure to just decent equipment. Um, and decent coaching for that matter. So part of the, you know, part of that, uh, that equipment grant is going towards people who have coaching credentials that can, that can really help the, the youth. Yeah. So the other thing would be, I mean, I, I remember the last, I feel like the five or eight, maybe eight years, the foundation has really taken off and what they're trying to do and they're really expanding. And I feel like they actually do a really good job of listening to the actual people as well as the industry and saying what you want. So is there anything that you can share that the foundation is trying to get going or anything that is coming, but it's just not out yet. And, you know, I know if we're not like uh, certified, you know, behind the curtain here, but right, right. But anything that you can share with us or something you're like, Hey, we've been kicking this around that we think we're going to try to do, or we're listening. We just, can't work on this, whatever. You know, I think the main thing was the, the continuity that we've gained in having a full-time staff member now. So she keeps us on track and, and can help us with the organization. Cause otherwise, you know, we were meeting once a year and then we'd yeah. kind of disappear for a while. And a lot of people have, you know, outside demands. We do this you know, as a volunteer basis. So that's one of the biggest things we've made. Um, moving a lot into helping people with, uh, with estate planning, right? It, you know, do you want to mm, give mm. to the foundation as a part of your estate and stuff like that? So that, that's been a, a, a big change for us. Um, you know, really the, the grants, the research grants is a very, very tough thing to deal with because mm. it's, it's, um, it's a lot of money. It's important because it's, you know, it's actually in the mission statement of the NSCA that we right. do the research and we support it. So that's a big thing, but it's hard to do. It's hard to make sure that you're doing things where um, you can be, ab again, above reproach and, and, uh, and making sure that it's really the, the money is having the biggest impact you can have. So we're really working on procedures where the grant reviews will be, um, you know, increasing consistency for the grant reviews as much as possible. Because again, we, we, it's not just about giving away money. It's about making an impact and, and, and supporting the mission of the NSCA. And, um, you know, you don't have to be involved in, in graduate education to know that funding is a big deal. It's so hard to support research and it's an expensive process. So, um, I think our ability to, to do that will be getting better as we, as we work on our procedures. And we've got a great board right now. Um, I'm on the board up until I, I guess next July is when I'll rotate off because I've been on for my six years now. But uh, Matt Stock from uh, University of Central Florida is the president right now and is uh, doing a great job. Former UNLV grad, by the way. 
Um, so we're in really, really good shape. We did expand the board. We had, uh, we're up to seven members now, which because of all the different initiatives we have, it's good to have a, a larger board to be able to, to kind of divvy up the work and divvy up the responsibilities and the board liaisons and stuff like that. So pretty exciting time. And, uh, and Eve won grants or scholarships at some point in the past. And Brian, you have two, uh, What's is there? Is there some tips or secrets to uh, writing a successful pro- proposal, or what, you know, the, filling out the application properly? I just I th- I'm thinking of like stuff I tell people about resumes because I see so many of those that are so horrible. So I'm just like yeah, thinking right. like yeah. if people are listening to this and they didn't, they're like, oh man, I didn't get one or I didn't even know. What? How about some tips or tricks for pr- applying? Uh, to give yourself a chance, a fighting chance. I'll let Brian mostly answer this because I did receive uh, the master's student grant, but that's be- when I was working for Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and I have applied for like probably the last nine years for these grants and not gotten it at all. Okay. So I don't, I don't have good advice because I can't <laughs> seem to get one. Um, but no, I say that honestly though, just to let people know that even it's not just like a good old boys club yeah. because I'm, you know, involved heavily in the NSA and I right. can't get one grant. Yeah. So it really. I think that actually speaks to is above reproach. It's not just they're looking through and going right. like, okay, we'll grab Andy, we'll grab yeah, one of yeah. Mike Stone's people. Like it's not yeah, at all that yeah, way. Yeah. I'd struggle every year yeah. to get one. So I don't know if you can offer some, maybe I'll listen. This is a good question. Yeah. I don't know how to get <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, on the, on the grant side, it's, it's, hard. it's really tough because yeah. we have, uh, you know, the, the if you look at the, if you want to call strength and conditioning a discipline, which we can, you know, we can study it. There's still so many subdisciplines that wrap up into it. So finding people that have uh, the ability to review grants in uh, in this, in this, umbrella of strength and conditioning is relatively difficult. And on the other hand, on the other side of it, there's, there's not a whole lot of people in strength and conditioning that have big time grant experience. You know, typically there's not people that are getting grants from the National Institutes of Health or the DOD or something like that. So there's some different things that we do that aren't necessarily what you might find at that level. Um, I actually teach a, a scientific writing and communications class. And one of the things we talk about a lot with the grants process is internal consistency. So, you know, if you're talking about it in your introduction, it better be a method that goes along with what you made sound so important in your introduction. But then if it's in the methods, it also has to be in the budget or in the available resources. And a lot of people miss that internal consistency because they're, you know, it's not a linear writing process from front to back. So that's one of the main things. And I think the other thing is, um, is what we tend to do as authors is we get so intimate with what we're working on that we can understand it, but we can't put it on paper so that other people understand it. So I think the idea of, you know, you're really a lawyer making a case for it. So you need to quantify the things you're talking about. You can't just say this is important. It's like, show me why it's important and how important it really is. Right. Um, I think that's one of the, one of the big things. Um, but then again, it's just a highly competitive process too. It's yeah. just that there's a lot of applications and we don't have that much money to, to, to give away. We turn over about 5% of our assets is what we give away every year. So, okay. um, so yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a highly competitive process, but even the process of writing it is a learning process. One of my Definitely. favorite quotes is that thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through the lips and the fingertips. Yeah. So when you yeah. put things on paper, you are learning it and understanding it. Or when you give your elevator speech to somebody about your project or your your thesis or your dissertation, you are learning it and, and cementing it in your brain. So you can't have too much practice on those types of things. Yeah, I would say focus also on the features versus the benefits. Right, that's a major one that people don't understand. Like it has this, it has, you can explain the features, but we need to see the benefits. Right. Like, what is this going to do um, from that level, and is that very, very clear? Yeah. How's it going to impact the field? That's right. great. I think that's super helpful. Um, 
How about talking about the NSCA again, uh, involvement, you know, Andy's been conference committee chair, you were president of the foundation. Where, what was the first thing you guys did aside from going to a conference, like as a volunteer? Cause again, you know, hopefully everybody listening to this knows, you know, we are a volunteer, uh, organization we're mm-hmm. really run by the volunteers the board of directors entirely on volunteer um i you know actually ron mckee a good friend of mine always says that too he's like you know don't just complain about stuff unless you're willing to get off your butt and get involved because plenty of people are willing to complain about stuff but not actually put their feet to the fire to do something about it and i that's what i love about our organization is that you have the opportunity to get involved. So maybe talk about what you guys kind of, where you first got started. I mean, I think I could probably just got involved in what was going on with in, in the research consortium early on. Cause that's kind of what I was doing as, as, as a, as a student. Um, but you know, I, over the past, I'd have to look at what I've done, but I think I was a state director. I was a regional director. Um, I was on the research committee. Um, and then I think that when the foundation, I think that's probably the, the, the main things I've been involved with, but um, you know, we're, they let you get involved at least uh, as a student to just figure out what's going on, mm-hmm. which is which can be can be really really helpful. And I think the regional, the state regional program has really grown a ton since I was really involved in it. Um, I'm pretty biased. I think our state director out here, Doug Shepard, is pretty awesome. So it's 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 really fun to to be able to go to theirs. It's, we always have ours around Veterans Day. But then again, having Andy's people right down the road, we can get to Orange County pretty quickly, right? So we yeah. can go down there. We got you know Southwest ACSM is down here, so that, that's a really nice way to get involved is at the regional level if you can for professional organizations um i think that's that's probably one of the the ways to really get in though is to, is to I mean, even if you can apply to be a speaker at a regional event get your you know you know get your cut your chops there and then and then move on to some of these bigger ones is a good way to get involved yeah i can echo that from both uh, getting involved as well as people that want to be a speaker at an event uh we since i first got on the conference planning committee to now to chairing it um i don't even know what the numbers of applicants right but i feel like it's tenfold yeah like the, yeah. we have so many people and there's hundreds of applications we go through now for every event and it's really really difficult and so my advice for both of these is the same which is you probably need to start a lot smaller than you think right you need to start at that state level if your first application for nsca service is trying to be on the board yeah right good luck <laughs> right yeah. like the first thing you yeah. apply for is you want to speak at national yeah it's it's probably not gonna, even if you have a phd or you're a 20-year nfl strength coach like it's just really hard um i have been applying for some of these board positions on and i like i can't get on either they're very very difficult so you have to just keep trying yeah. and you have to start smaller so i'm probably actually going to go back and try to get a state yeah. you know start being a state director thing because i need to work my way up because brian didn't just jump onto the board right. like brian started the state everyone i'm like okay i noticed everyone that is starting at the regional level too well i'm not above that Right. Like I have to go back now and do that till even though I've been a chair of a major committee, I, I want to get in. I just want more things to stack in my deck. I got to get involved more. And so that probably means volunteering at the state clinics, volunteering at the, the regional stuff until you can be a director there and then move your way up that way. Yeah. And that's going to help you a lot. Yeah. And uh, as a former state director, uh, I do see the, the oh, yeah, you're NSCA state director too. Yeah. headquarters supporting, though, like you said, the regionals a lot more. And I mean, we have some of the regional conferences have tipped uh, 
close. The Mid-Atlantic last year was like close to 500 people, I think. So these, wow. these regional That's ones awesome. are really taking steam yeah. with we a sold lot more support for, yeah. from the headquarters. Um, but uh, yeah, as a former state director of, you know, easily one of the smallest states in Vermont, I, I would never have t- turned down somebody that uh, that would have vo- wanted to volunteer with me to, volu- <laughs> right. to help run a clinic, you know? Right. So that's right. one thing I tell people is like, find out who your state director is and see if you can help them out. Cause yeah. I don't, I would have never turned to someone down that wanted to help me run a clinic. You know, if you yeah. don't mind, you know, checking names off a list or, uh, you know, going to grab lunch or whatever it is, certainly. So that was a big one for me. And yeah, I think like you said, we've seen a lot of people kind of move up the ladder by starting in that state director level, regional director level. Um, it's pretty cool to see. So, um, awesome. And this has been a great, uh, episode. I really appreciate you guys spending the time. How about if people have more questions, uh, about coming out to get their degree at UNLV or in general, Brian, how can you be reached? What's the best? Yeah. My email is easy. It's brian.shilling at unlv.edu. And, uh, yeah, send me an email if you have any questions about our degree programs, uh, you check out the website and then, uh, talk about the stuff that's on there and uh and when it comes to nsca things again check out the nsca website the the new website is up check Very out our new. foundation check website it yeah. it's cool <laughs> and uh and see how you can get involved and uh and you know if you see me at a conference or anything like that come up and say hi and tell me what you do and, and how you're doing it and we be glad to hear your story Great. Andy, most people uh, probably have already followed you on uh, social media, but if they have been under a rock somewhere, didn't know, <laughs> how do they find you? Hey, you can follow Brian on Instagram too. Actually, That's true. Know. Are you private? I don't know. Um, one, actually, one thing I'll say before we uh, answer that is before you email Brian or before you email me about our grad program, please look at the website yeah please <laughs> that's a quick way for me to delete that your email great, I'm, not, I'm not gonna look up that i'm not gonna consider you as a grad student when i have 200 people applying to come work with me when you didn't even look up the right name like you don't even know what classes we offer and you're asking what classes we offer that's like, great don't do that so um i'm very 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 approachable i know brian is too if you're prepared yeah you, know, you don't have to it's not that much work just yeah. don't ask me a question that is easily found on the website <laughs> That's not going to get you very well. But uh, the same thing, my email is publicly available. You can find it at galpin at fullerton.edu. I'm not very good at networking either. It's not a skill set I possess. So I'm also that person at a conference. Like even now, I'm still like, oh, God, I want to go talk to Joe Ken. Ah, nah, I'm like, you know, so, but just go ahead and get it out there. I'm the same way too. Like uh, if if you want to meet at a conference, that's going to help your chances of getting in. No doubt if I can remember and go, yeah, that was Scott. That's that kid that came up to me at the NSA conference. Right. And now he sees application. That helps you um, yeah, tremendous because we're the same size, even bigger than Brian's program. So trying to go through, I think we had 250 kids apply for our master's degree yeah, spots. We're and not ever close to that. That's oh. amazing. Oh, man. And we try to pick, I don't know, a few of those. Right. Um, so like it helps if I can go, Oh yeah, I remember that. That's going to give you a big advantage or either. So yeah, it's easy to find our stuff. Um, Fullerton.edu too. Outstanding. Well, thanks guys. Appreciate you being on. And also for everybody listening in, we appreciate your support. Uh, if you get a chance, go and give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get download this podcast from, uh, subscribe, like all that good stuff. Follow us on social media, interact. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again, guys, and appreciate it.
This was the NSCA's coaching podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.